What's up, church? How you guys doing this morning? All right. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, last week we began a month-long family talk, okay? And I want you to picture it as we're all sitting at the kitchen table and we're hashing some stuff out. We're talking about some opportunities and, and we're talking about some goals that we need to get done within the next three years. And so that's kind of what's going on. Um, I feel like God has opened some doors for us and for our church family that we need to walk through together, all right, and that we need to get some, we need to get some stuff done. And so uh, during this month, we're kind of laying out the plan of the future that we have uh, come up with, this plan, um, for our church for the next three years. And so uh, if you're new with us this morning, we know that there are people who are coming to check us out every week, every service. Uh, so if, if that's you this morning, um, want to say welcome. Okay, you are more than welcome uh, to, the, to the table. We want you to take up a seat. You don't have to chime in. You don't have to participate in anything. We just want you to listen in, and hopefully someday you feel comfortable enough to kind of join our church and, and join our family. We want you to be a part of what's going on. Feel free to listen in. Uh, here at Grace, we are a movement of broken people who are dedicating our lives to doing whatever we possibly can to reaching as many people as we possibly can for Jesus. Okay, that's what we're all about. That's what matters. That's the mission that God has given us. And really, we're just a big dysfunctional family that's not even close to perfect, trying to save as many people around us as we can in the short amount of time that we have. And that's what we are all about. We're all about life change. And actually, here's an example of someone who's experienced life change recently through our church. My name is Bradley Bennett. My life before accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior was great, I thought. Everything was good. Uh, beautiful wife, kids, family that I love. Um, all at the same time, I was living in sin and had a lot of fear and doubt, living with addiction. Thanksgiving Day, I get a text from my boss telling me that my coworker, good friend, and apprentice, Dwayne, had uh, died had passed away from pneumonia. I went to that funeral and I couldn't, you know, I mean, seeing him in that casket was one of the hardest things I've ever seen. After that, I went back to work and it was during COVID and everyone around me was getting sick real bad. And sure enough, a couple weeks later, there I was laying in, laying in bed sick with pneumonia, you know I mean, just like everybody else. Thoughts were in a terrible place. Even though I had my beautiful wife taking care of me, you know, medical student, uh, friends and family sending food, and, tools to help me get through the hard time. and I have never felt more alone in my entire life. I was so far from God, so far from my Creator, and so far from Jesus. It was January 1st in the middle of the night. I couldn't breathe. I was laying there, and uh, I prayed to God that if He could give me my breath back in my lungs, that, that I would live my life to serve Him. And uh, sure enough, He did. He pulled me through it, and a couple weeks later, I was at church every weekend with my mom, and back at Grace, and life was getting better. So at church, that uh, they had a thing called Fight Club come up, and I jumped on the opportunity, and I was definitely the best thing that ever happened to me. March 14th, 2021, Chad Laughlin invited me to his house. Uh, he sat down with me, and uh, he invited me to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He had me pray, and we prayed together. And uh, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior that day. And it was that small act of kindness from one man to another that, that made the difference in my life. 
You know, I grew up without a father, so to, to have a man that actually cared about me was a big deal to me. So life after accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior has been better and better every day. Uh, people that know me don't even believe that I'm the same person. They uh, wake up every day with gratitude, gratitude to be able to breathe, first and foremost. Gratitude to be able to smell and taste, gratitude for my family, my church, everything. I just Gratitude changed everything in my life for sure, 100%. So the Lord's definitely brought me love, joy, and peace in my heart that I've, I've never had. I've never felt that before. It's something that can only come through faith. Thank you, Jesus. That's what our church is all about. Okay, that's what we need to be all about. That's our, that's our mission right there is helping people find uh, Jesus. And over the past 28 months, specifically even here at our Tiffin campus, I mean, what God has done, I mean, is, is just blown me personally away. It's way more than what I would have ever, ever had imagined or envisioned. Um, God's just really, really blessed us, and he's really used us to reach a bunch of people in our community. I mean, think about it. Look around. Two and a half years ago, this did not exist. Okay, we weren't here. Um, this wasn't happening. And so um, it did not take God long to fill up our building. Okay? He, he did it. It, it, was, it was quick. And we're full now. Uh, not just here in the auditorium, all right? Specifically, we're full within our kids' ministry. I just, um, I just walked back there just a few minutes ago, and it's like, it's kind of cra crazy. I was telling somebody, I was like, good luck, all right, with this. Actually, one guy, he said, hey, can you trade me today? He's like, I'd rather go up and speak than do this. He was joking. But uh, your kids are safe, all right? Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but, um, but, man, we're full, all right, which is a good thing. By the way, how many other churches in the area can you walk through and it's full of kids? I, I'm just saying. I'm, so, so we have a lot to do here at Grace. And over the next three years, we as a church family, the thing that, that worries me the most, I guess, is that we uh, will look around, we see the success that, that we've had, okay, meaning we've put in the hard work and God has blessed it, God has used it to reach people, which is awesome, which is, you know, what we've seen. This, this is the life change stories that we've seen and that we've heard, and a lot of us, it's those of us in this room. And, um, and my biggest fear is that we will look around and go, man, look what God's done. <sighs> time to take a rest. You know, we can't do that. We don't have a time to take a break. The mission that God's given us is like there's an urgency to us. And so I do not want us to get comfortable. We need to shy away from that. It's not about us feeling good. It's not about us patting ourselves on the back saying, well, look what we did, all right, which it wasn't even us at all. It was actually God. What we need to do over the next three years is we need to prepare. We need to sacrifice. That's a part of it. And we need to work towards the future for the people who are not here yet. And so we came up with a plan. Um, we we're gonna. We got three major goals that we're gonna do. The first one is we need to create children's space. We do not have enough. We're not even close. Again, uh, we didn't dream big enough, I guess, when we were coming here to Tiffin for what God was gonna do in a short amount of time. And this, by the way, creating children's space is uh, is basically investing in the next generation. You're gonna hear me say this every week. When a church does not invest in the next generation, that church dies. It might take 50 years. But they die. I mean, there's plenty of examples of that happening all around us. And so we need to take this very seriously. We need to invest in the next generation. We need to invest in our kids in space 
for our kids so that we can get more kids here. Uh, the second thing we need to do is also investing in the next generation, that is training leaders. Our goal, along with the other two campuses together collectively, we want to train 20 uh, new leaders, people who are trained for full-time ministry. So as our church grows and as we launch more campuses, what do we need? We need more pastors, teachers, leaders, or past yeah, pastors, teachers, leaders, music guys, tech guys, stuff like that. And so this gives us the opportunity to do that. We want to do that within the next three years. And then we also, the third thing, is we want to help launch a new campus. Basically, what God has done here in Tiffin, we want to see God use us to reach other neighboring communities around us. Right now, we're looking at uh, up north near Port Clinton, Oak Harbor area, or uh, we're also looking at Bowling Green. Because of where those are located, uh, it looks like Fremont Campus will probably be the campus taking the lead on that. But someday, Tiffin Campus, we need to take a lead on launching a campus. And uh, we're looking at maybe someday in the future, I got my eyes on like Bucyrus area, okay? So that's kind of what we're planning. That's not going to happen in the next three years. But uh, sometime down the road is the possibility of, hey, maybe we need to do this. And this is an area that, uh, that we could go. And so we got a lot of things that are happening. Um, it's exciting to be a part um, of grace here, at, specifically even at this time. Uh, we were going to talk about today kind of some specifics of what we want to build and stuff like that, specifically within the children's area. But I'm kind of, I kind of audibled, and we're going to push that along towards next week. And today I decided we're going to, we're going to get our, um, the awkward part of the meeting out of the way. Sound like a plan? Everybody's like, oh no, what's he going to say? And so today we're going to talk about money, all right? Yeah, I can hear the collective size. Oh, here we go, you know. Uh, so we're going to talk about money today. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never spent a message or a sermon, like the time, on money before. I'm sure it's come up here and there, but, uh, but not here in Tiffin specifically. And that's probably not a good thing because the Bible has a lot to say about money. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about a lot of things. Um, there's over 500 verses in the Bible specifically on prayer. If someone tells you something 500 times, it's probably decently important to them, you know, we think we could agree on that. And so I think it's pretty safe to say that prayer is important to God. There's uh, just under 500 um, verses specifically on uh, faith. And so same thing. I, I think it's safe to say that faith is probably an important aspect or important thing uh, to God. There are over 2,000 verses, four times as much, specifically on money and possessions. In fact, over 15% of what Jesus talked about when he was teaching was all about money. And so um, the Bible has a lot to say about money. As, as I started realizing this, um, I honestly, this week, I started to kind of feel guilty about it. Because it's like, man, we haven't like talked about, I've like, I've like skipped these passages or these teachings from Jesus. And if we did it like how Jesus did it, that'd be like me teaching a money sermon like every month and a half over and over and over and over again. Like that would be more in line with what Jesus did than what, than what I'm doing. So I'm just saying the truth is, the reason why we kind of shy away from this or why I personally, okay, it's me, why I personally shy away from this is because it's just awkward. And people, they, they think about it and they're like, well, you know, what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to get me to do? And it feels like super heavy in the room. Like I'm talking about something that I'm not supposed to be talking about it. Like the awkwardness. You feel it? Yeah, it's there. Okay, it's, it's definitely there. You got to kind of wait a minute. Yeah, okay, I feel it. So it's there. Uh, the Bible gives us warning after warning after warning about how money, resources, possessions, uh, wealth, and stuff can take over 
and rule our life. In fact, Jesus, he came on the scene 2,000 years ago and he said, hey, guess what? Here's the deal. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't do both. All right, you have to decide which one you are going to live for. And so he gives us two different options. Number one, are you going to use your resources for your temporary, temporary is a key word there, we forget that, temporary happiness and comfort, or are we going to use our resources to make an internal impact on others, something that's going to last? By the way, that's what we do here at Grace. Okay, let me just throw this in here real quick. Every dollar, I know a lot of you guys give and a lot of you guys are super generous to our church. We really appreciate that. Uh, we're just, you know, again, we're all a part of this. We're all, this is what our church family does. Um, every dollar that you give, just to reassure you, I guess, is going to reach more people. It doesn't go up a hierarchy of churches or however other churches do that. All right, it all stays local in the community. The only time it leaves our community is when we want to do a project outside of our community, like our orphanages and stuff like that that we've done. Um, and so every dollar that you give here to Grace is accomplishing, goes to accomplishing our vision of saving as many people as we can in the short amount of time that we have. And it really, really, really bothers me that people will look at us and say, wow, you know, maybe some, some of you are thinking this right now. Okay, a few of you maybe. You're like, I knew it. That church is all about money. I knew this would come up. Like, I knew money would be, would be a thing. And, and, and it's like we feel like somehow that, uh, that either the church or the pastor, me or whatever, is like trying to manipulate us to give or to, or to, to give, uh, give him or to give the church this money and all that stuff. And I totally understand why we think that because that's how our culture operates, Right? Like you can't drive down the road without seeing advertisements of businesses saying, hey, spend your money here. Hey, give us your money. It's all about money and it's all about possessions and having like as much as we want and, you know, as much as we can and, 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 and people trying to take that from us. But here's the deal. Me, you guys, we're on the same, we're like on a level playing field here. Right? When the Bible's teaching, it's not like one's better than the other. It's we're all in this together. This applies for, to me too. See, I'm not just the pastor here at Grace, like I'm a member. All right, my family is a part of Grace just like your family is a part of Grace. I, on, on Wednesdays, I go to AJ's class. That's where I get fed. All right, I help out where I can. My wife, uh, she goes to a Tuesday morning uh, women's Bible study thing. By the way, that's starting up again this week. Um, my, uh, my kids go to two hours of Grace Kids every Sunday. All right, that's what, that's what they do. Like this is home to us is what I'm saying. Whether I'm the pastor or not the pastor, it doesn't really matter. I'm meant to be involved financially, even specifically, with reaching people too. Everything that we're going to be talking about is for me too. Actually, one time Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He's like, don't do that. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust uh, destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what Jesus is doing is he's reminding us that, hey, accumulating stuff, it doesn't last. All right, it doesn't last. It's not like we can take it with us when we die. Like there is not enough money on earth to keep you healthy forever, to give you great relationships, to give you purpose. All right, you can't buy your way to happiness. And so Jesus, because of that, knowing that, he's saying, hey, here's the deal. Don't invest here. He's saying invest there. Because that's going to make an eternal difference, or that can make an eternal difference. It's going to last. Now the question is, what does that look like? Now, in the Old Testament, 
Um, way back, what we see is that God tells the Jewish people to do this thing called tithe. Now, a lot of people, you hear that word tithe around the church, and it's like, oh, what does that mean exactly? I don't know. Um, tithe literally means 10, okay? So it means 10%. And so what God, kind of the standard that he gave the Jewish people way back in the Old Testament, he says, hey, what you bring in, okay, so what you make, what God has given you, blessed you with, um, the Bible's saying, or what God says is, hey, I want you to give 10% back to me or back to God. And so we see this all the way at the beginning kind of as a standard for what we're going to do, for what we should do, or what God, what people of God do. It's a standard. It's, a, it's really a baseline. And so this week I was trying to figure out the easiest way to teach, and so I got something. We'll see if it works. I don't know. Uh, but do we have a middle schooler in here that would come up on stage for me? All right. Come on up. All right. And then do we have a college student? Where are my college kids at? We got, eh? Come on up. All right. Sounds good. Do you guys know each other? Because you're in the same row. I didn't know. Okay. All right, cool. What's your name? Riley. Riley. What grade are you in? Uh, six. You're in sixth grade. Where do you go to school? Uh, Tiffin Middle. Tiffin Middle School. All right. <laughs> yeah, the, whoever that was. All right, cool. <laughs> um, what's your name? Grace. Grace. And where do you go to school? Um, Tiffin University. All right, Tiffin University. Two students. What year are you? I'm a freshman. Freshman. Okay. Are you from the area or? No. So in Ohio? Yeah. Okay, cool. Two hours away in Ohio, wherever that is. London? Ohio. London? Yeah. Okay. I don't know where that is. Yeah. But I do know it's two hours away in one of the directions. Okay. So, sorry, what was your name again? Riley. Riley and Grace. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to teach you guys how to tithe. You guys ready? Okay. Right, okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, they're not ready at all, but uh, we're just going to do this. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, Grace, this is what tithing is. Okay. I'm going to give you 10 bucks. Okay, they're all in ones, so here's 10 ones right here. Okay. Tithing is, I want you to take one of the dollars, so you get to keep nine for yourself. Okay, okay did I owe you any money? Is this a surprise here today? Like, no. you weren't expecting, okay, no, no not at all. All right, so this is what I'm going to do. Take one dollar, all right, after the service, I want you to stop by the information center, just turn it in, okay? You need to keep nine, you give one dollar back to God, 10%, that's tithing, okay? okay. Sound like a plan? Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, Riley, for you, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, all right, 10 $10 bills. It's 100 bucks right here, all right? It's 100 bucks. You take, after the service, I want you to tithe that money, which means you get to keep nine $10 bills. And after the service, you take one $10 bill. You take it back to the information center, turn it in. That's it, okay? You could go do whatever you guys want with your money. Whatever you guys want with the, with the $9 or the $90, do whatever. I don't care. Go waste it on whatever. Go take your friends out to eat. Or, well, that's probably not going to do much now. But uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, go do whatever you want with it. It's yours. Spend it however you want. But one $1 and one $10 bill, I want you guys to take before you leave and turn it in. Sound like a plan? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's all. All right, now here's the deal. Some of you guys are going to be looking at that going, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did the middle schooler get 100 bucks and the college student is probably going into debt as we speak, <laughs> right? Why does the college student only got 10 bucks? That's not fair. That's, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't seem right. Now here, this is something I got to explain to you guys. And I want you guys to really lean in on this and listen in, okay? Ready? 
going to tell you something super important that you may never have ever heard before. Life is not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Okay, here's the deal. God doesn't owe us anything. Just like I, I didn't owe them anything. They didn't know that they were coming to church today, that they were going to make some cash. Okay, they didn't, they didn't know that. They didn't know they were going to be $10 richer or $9 richer, $90 richer, whatever. Uh, God doesn't owe us anything. There's sometimes it's like our culture. We're so, you know, um, we're so concentrating, so much we're just concentrating on, hey, this person gets this and this person gets this. That doesn't seem fair. We're always trying to catch up to everybody else. We're always trying to make things fair and equal. That's impossible. Right? It's, it's impossible. God gives us things and possessions and money and stuff at different rates. He gives us different talents. He gives us different abilities. He gives us a different amount of time here. It's not all equal. And it doesn't really matter about how much God has given you. It matters where your heart is. All right? God, like to the Jewish people in the Old Testament, his big deal was, he's like, hey, don't worry about if the person next to you gets more or less than you. You just worry about giving that small portion back to God. Whether that's a lot, cool. Whether that's a little, fine. Now, some of you guys, you've been in church for a long time, and you're a little studied up on this. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Tithing, that's Old Testament law. That doesn't apply to, here, to us here today. That's to the Jewish people. I'm not Jewish, and so uh, this is completely different now. And uh, I'm just saying, I just want to throw this out there. Actually, tithing was established 450 years before the law was given. And sure, it is part of that, but it was before that. Abraham, we see tithe to God. We see 50 years later, Jacob, he gave back to God 10% of what he had. He tithed. We actually see this all throughout the Old Testament. In fact, this is the one area that I can find in the Bible where God encourages us to test him. Specifically on tithing, we see this in Malachi 3, where God's saying, hey, test me on this. You cannot outgive God. Now, am I saying God's going to make you rich? No. Right? I don't think God always gives back monetarily. Okay? I think sometimes it's, it's other things, it's other good stuff, but we cannot outgive God. In fact, one time in, in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus, uh, he even says, he says, hey, don't neglect the tithe. He's telling people, don't stop doing that. That's a good thing for you to do. Now, personally, let me get personal here for a second, which is awkward, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't know how to say this without, whatever. Let's just see this. This is a family meeting. We're all at the table, okay? All right, so I can just blurt some of this stuff out. Um, Kate and I, we, we decided to do this a long time ago. Okay, this, this is what we do. We start here. This is a baseline. This is a standard for what, for what uh, people of God do. Um, this is what we see in the Bible, at least. Uh, we personally, we give 10% of what God has given us. We give here to, to grace, to our church family. Okay, that's what, so what we do. Um, we also give a little bit more than that. We give 1% or 2% to other good organizations that are around us. A lot of them are Christian organizations and, and, and do good things in our area and stuff like that. But 10%. For us, right off, the, right off the bat, the first goes, goes to church, goes to our home church where we are fed, where we are a part of. Um, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm not saying that to say, hey, look at me. I figured it all out. I'm not saying that, okay? I'm saying I have to sacrifice too. This is on me and my family too. Just this past weekend, Kate and I were talking and uh, we were trying to figure out, like, what are we going to do uh, with those commitment cards that you guys have in your bulletins that we started handing out last week. Um, 
you know, we have specifically what are you going to do giving above and beyond for the next three years to accomplish some of these goals. And we also have, hey, what are you going to do to kind of get us kick-started on February 27th, which is like our Commitment Sunday type thing. We're turning those cards back in. Um, and uh, we're trying to figure that out. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, we don't have like a bunch of money sitting somewhere. It's not like I could give like a huge sum of money on February 27th. I, like I don't have it. Like it, it doesn't exist. And then I started thinking about um, in, in one, one of my accounts I have kind of saved up on accident uh, some money that I had saved up to put on our house. We're trying to pay off our house. We're not even close. Okay, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know how that is? You're like, oh, in a few years, you know, years down the road, I can see where this is going to happen. And so we're trying to do that, trying to be good stewards of, of the money that God's given us. Okay, I think that's a good thing for us to do. And so kind of everything that we have extra kind of goes to that. Well, I've been meaning to pay is like a couple grand or something. I've been meaning to pay this chunk of money on my house payment. It just hasn't happened. Uh, it's just been sitting there. It's been sitting there for a few months yet, and I just, I just haven't gotten around to it. And for some reason, that like pops in my head. Have you ever had it, and you're just like, like, you feel like God wants you to do something, and you're just like, oh, not that. I got plans for that, you know? You ever have, ever have that happen? Or time could be, it doesn't have to be money. It could be time or anything like that. That's what this was. I'm like, not the 2000s. That's supposed to go in our house, you know, paying off debt. God wants us to do that too. You know, that's a good thing. But I just felt like, no, this is what we should do with it. And I guess I'm telling you, guys, I'm, the reason why I'm telling you is just say, like, this is hard for me. Like, it's hard. I think it's hard for most everybody. Um, this is specifically hard for me. I'm like a money guy. I got a master's in business. Like this is, I don't know, it's just how I'm wired. And I have financial goals. And I want to pay off our house. And I'm, we're on a tight budget. And we're trying to save for this. We're trying to save for that. And we got all this stuff going on. And it's really, 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 really hard for me. All right, I'm trying to tell you the truth here. It's really hard for a guy like me to let money go. In fact, it's like I have it in my hands. And I have to literally pry my hands off of it. It's hard. I'm not wired for generosity, okay? It's just, it's just not how it's supposed to, maybe if I had a bunch of money, I would, but I think we always tell ourselves that, you know? And so even as a pastor years ago, like I struggled with this. I struggled with giving. I was not good at it. At the end of the month, like I had good intentions. I wanted to give back a, a, a 10%. That's, that was my goal. I wanted to give 10% of the money that God had given me back to God. But at the end of the month, the money just wouldn't be there. Like, it just wouldn't. Like, I wanted to give, but it just, it just didn't happen. And what helped me so much personally was learning what God says about money, basically doing money God's way. And what I did was, in, at our Fremont campus at the time, I took a financial peace class, which you've heard about here today. Um, it, ironically, we weren't, like, planning it this way necessarily, but we're starting a class here in Tiffin this week on Wednesdays at 630. Uh, it's a really, really, really good thing. It doesn't matter what age you're in. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It is so, 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 so good. Um, it does cost 100 bucks. okay? That goes to the the organization or whatever. Um, but I can tell you this, if you sign up for that class and at the end of the nine weeks, you don't think you've saved a hundred bucks, all right, I will gladly pay for your class, okay? Let me just say this. I want, you should sign up or you should definitely consider signing up for this class. I'm be going, I'll be going through it again. It's good for you. It's not a get rich quick thing. It's basically what you learn is God's principles mixed with logic, okay? So just, it's just interesting stuff. Great for, you know, a retiree and great for a college student, all ages. But this is what I did. When I learned to do money God's way, it changed me. It just changed. 
Like what changed was the realizing that I'm a manager of God's money, not an owner of God's money. And how I manage his money, it really, really, really matters. Jesus, he talks about this one day. He, uh, one time he's out talking to the crowds and he turns towards his followers and he tells them this really strange, kind of odd, not true. It's a made up story. This is what he says. He says, there was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. So he's just wasting all of his money. And so he called the manager in and he asked, what is this that I hear about you? Is it true? What's going on here? Give an account for the management because you can no longer be my manager. So you guys get what's going on here. We got this rich guy. He's got so much possessions, so much money that he has a guy managing his money for him. And the, guy, the manager is not good. He's wasting it. He's, he's not a, a good manager by any means. And so the rich guy hears about it. He calls him in. He says, hey, you're fired. What's going on? Are the rumors true? I can't have you be my manager anymore. You're wasting basically all my money. So you're done. It says, then the manager said to himself, what will I do? He's like, dang it, I've been caught. All right, I got to figure something out since my master is firing me. He's taking the management away from me. So he reasons to himself, he's like, I'm not strong enough to dig. All right, this is an inside guy. He's the office guy. All right, he's not out there doing heavy, heavy labor. All right, and he says, and I'm ashamed to beg. This guy still has some pride in him. He doesn't want to beg. He's not trying to go out into the streets. And so this guy has a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity, and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. He needed somebody to help him out. So he comes up with a plan. He says, I don't know what I'll do. So that when I'm removed from management, when I get fired, people will welcome me into their homes. They won't just hire me. They're going to welcome me into their homes. He says, so he summoned each one of his master's debtors. And he says, hey, how much do you owe my master? He asked the first one. And the guy says, 100 measures of olive oil. This is about 850 gallons of olive oil. It's a big amount for back then and uh, probably for now. I mean, if anybody has 850 gallons of olive oil in your house, it's weird. All right. So he owes him that much, and he says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Take your invoice, he told him. Sit down quickly. We don't have much time. We're time's running out here, and write 50. I'll cut that debt in half. And so this guy who, who, owns, who owes the owner the 850 gallons of oil, he's just like, thanks. Really? Thanks. Really, really appreciate that. Hey, if you ever need anything, you know, you give me a call. And this guy's thinking in the back of his mind. He's like, oh, you'll be hearing from me pretty soon. He says, next guy. He says, he asked another, he says, how much do you owe? And this guy says, 100 measures of wheat. This is about 700 pounds of wheat. And he says, uh, all right, take your invoice, he told him, and write, uh, write 80. I'll give you a 20% discount on that. Why don't you go ahead and switch that over? And even this guy's like, are you serious? Okay, wait, hey, really appreciate that. You don't have to do that, but, but I really appreciate that. Hey, um, I, I owe you one. And this guy's like, yeah, you do. Okay, you'll, you'll, hear, about, you'll hear of me here pretty soon. And so the audience at this point, I mean, this guy does this over and over and over and over again. And the audience at this point, they're just like, oh, man, this guy is in so much trouble. All right, this guy is done. This, is, this guy is over with. He's going to be going to jail. And then Jesus gives a twist, which he so often did. He says, the master praised the unrighteous manager. I mean, the master finds out what's going on, and he's kind of looking around, and he, he goes to the manager that he has fired, basically, and he's smiling, and he kind of laughs to himself, and he's like, you got me. All right, I see what you did. I see what you're doing right here. You got me. Why? Why did he praise him? He compliments him. Why? Because he had acted shrewdly. So this guy, 
All right, the master compliments him, right, or the, the owner compliments this guy because this guy thought it through. Because this guy, the owner had given him a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity to kind of clean up his books. And this guy, he used it to the best of his abilities. And at this point, the audience, they're, they're kind of listening to Jesus talk and they're like, wait, what? Right, the master praised him. That doesn't make any sense. And then Jesus jumps out of the story. And this part gets a little confusing, but stick with me. He says, for the children of this age, Jesus says. Right? He starts to explain what he means in the story. He's saying the children of this age, basically the people of the world, he says, are more shrewd than the children of light. Okay, Those are God followers in dealing with their own people. He says, and I tell you. All right? This is where he gets personal. He's trying to make it personable for us. You. He says, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. A little awkward there, but I'll explain what's going on. And even the audience at this point, they're probably like, wait, huh? All right, we're not following you. Can you back up and explain your explanation because we're confused. Uh, Jesus is saying, hey, look at the world. People of the world, these are people who don't believe in God, who have nothing to do with God, who don't have a real relationship with Jesus. Whether they call themselves Christians or call themselves religious, doesn't really matter. All right? It's whether they have a relationship with Jesus or not. He's saying, what do they live for, right? They're born, they live it up, and they die. That's it. And this world knows how to use money to take care of themselves. They know how to use their money to accomplish their goal. I mean, what's, what's the goal of people of the world? What is it? All right, to be happy to be comfortable, to live for ourselves. I mean, how many times do we hear it's like good advice? Hey, do whatever makes you happy. That's what, that's, what, that's what you need to do. But we also have a goal as Jesus followers, and our goal is to do whatever we possibly can to reach as many people as we possibly can for Jesus. And by the way, our goal has an urgency to it. Okay, it's not like we have an unlimited amount of time. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, the world is so much better at leveraging the resources at accomplishing their specific goal than we are. Like they're so much better at it. And think about what the world has at stake. Temporary happiness or temporary comfort. What do we have at stake? The eternity of people around us. The ability of of people to have a personal relationship with their creator? Like how much more important is that? It's so much more. And so what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, hey, use worldly wealth, that's your money, all right? He says invest that, all right, to make friends. Basically what he means by that is he's saying, hey, to invest in people around you, all right, not for their comfort, but for what really matters, okay, the kingdom or, or heaven, we're going to find out, so that when the money fails, because it's going to fail them, and guess what? It's going to fail you. Ultimately, we die, we all die, and we can't take it with us, that they may welcome you into eternal dwelling so that they will go to heaven, that they will start their relationship with Jesus at some point because of your investment, because of how you leveraged your money and resources and stuff. And so the owner compliments the manager. Not for being unrighteous, unrighteous, but for taking advantage of the limited time and the limited opportunity that was given. And so Jesus' point is, we're to do the same. We're supposed to do the same. And when it comes to money, wealth, resources, and stuff, we are to view the big picture of how do I get the maximum use with my little amount of stuff and my little amount of time and the opportunity that I have. I mean, our whole point is money is a tool to use. 
Just like the buildings that we want to build. That's a tool. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a trophy or a crown jewel of like, hey, look what we did. It's not what it is. It's a tool. That's it. There's something that we can do with our little amount of resources in the short life given that makes an eternal difference. Now, here's the deal. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. He's after your heart. And what you do with your money reflects where your heart's at. That's what Jesus is pointing out. And so my question to you is, I mean, this is my question to me. As I sat down there this week in my office going, okay, I got it. You know, it's like, you're hitting me hard. <laughs> what are you doing with your resources to influence people around you? For God, where are you investing? Are you investing here in our own personal temporary comfort? Or, in we invest, or, or are we investing in what matters is helping reach people find God so they can spend eternity with him. See, the cool thing is here at Grace, man, God is doing some exciting stuff. I mean, it's, the, it's a super, it's the most exciting time I've ever been a part of a church, okay, hands down by far. Uh, it's so exciting to be a part of. God is reaching people and he's impacting people and he's using us in our work to do it. Actually, here's another example of Mason and Becca. Uh, my name is Mason Carell. My name is Becca Carell. Um, we're both 2014 graduates of Columbian High School. We're high school sweethearts. Early on in our lives, we had a very clear vision of what we wanted in life. Wanted to have get married, have kids, and raise them here in Tiffin. We got married in 2017. After we got married, we started to kind of fall away from church and um, knew something was missing, just hadn't made God a priority in, in our lives. In 2019, we found out we were expecting a baby girl, and we decided that it was time to find a home church to start coming every week. We found out that Grace was going to be coming to Tiffin, and we had a couple of friends that attended Fremont Grace, so they invited us to come the first week, so we attended, and we really enjoyed it. After beginning to attend Grace, we really began to just immerse ourselves in God's Word. Um, it's helped us to grow relationally, spiritually. We've joined different groups here between Bible study, fight club, and just really developed new relationships with a lot of different people. And it's just changed our everyday lives for the better. One of the classes that we attended here at Grace was Financial Peace University. It's the, the Dave Ramsey program. Um, he really helped us to understand our money, our finances. It's changed our perspective on just money in general and, and really made us think that um, everything we have comes from God and, and so we should strive to be good stewards of what he's given us. I, I thank God every day for leading us to grace and opening our hearts to his word. I thank him for just showing us what his plan was for our lives and, and that grace was a part of it. And if it weren't for people believing in grace's mission, um, our lives would be completely different. So I want to say thank you. Um, thank you to everybody who was part of the launch team, everybody who volunteered their time, gave their money to grow grace into Tiffin and to reach people like us. See, we want to be a church. We want to be a church that's headed in the right direction, right? We want to be a church family that is generous with our resources, including myself. We want to be a church family that has a vision that's beyond our resources, right? Where everything that we do is is it's to accomplish our purpose, not for anything of ourselves, not to make our lives more comfortable. And so if you didn't last week, on the way out, we're going to have handouts um, that basically 
Uh, it gives you some more information about our plan, what we're looking into. Again, next week we're going to go into a lot more depth of what this will actually look like and some of the reasons of why we're, we want to build what we want to build and do what we want to do. Uh, but uh, in your bulletin, we have a commitment card, okay? Um, the commitment card, here's the deal. It takes money, <laughs> all right? I wish it didn't be nice if it didn't, but it does. And uh, for the next two weeks... I'm going to be asking you to pray. Pray for a couple things. Number one, pray for our church family that we will come together and get this thing done. Right? It's going to take sacrifice. We get it. All right? We're going to have to, it's going to take work. I totally understand. It's going to be uncomfortable. I, I understand. I know how it feels. But pray that we as a church family will get this thing done to reach more families and reach specifically kids in our community. And then the second thing I'd like you to pray for is pray to figure out what God, what you think God wants you specifically to do to make this thing happen, right? I want you to talk to God about it. I want you to talk to your spouse. Some of you guys, um, you've already turned in your cards, all right, last week, which I totally, under, I totally am thankful for your generosity and your eagerness, eagerness to give. But I know that you haven't prayed about it yet because it was impossible. There wasn't enough time. All right, I'm asking you to pray for it for the next two weeks. Last week it was three weeks, so now two weeks. Pray for this and figure out what you feel like God wants you to do. Um, that card is going to be asking for two things. And this is for me too, again. Number one is what is God calling you to give on February 27th? This is kind of what I was talking about earlier with Kate and I's specific plan and what we feel like God wants us to do. And um, that's at the last week of the series, two weeks from today. And then the second thing is, what is God calling you to give for the next three months? Okay. Um, we cannot outgive God. Hands down. I know this personally in my own life. Uh, we are managers, not owners. And it's so much better to invest in things that will last than our own temporary comfort. It's just better. It makes more sense. Is what Jesus is pointing out in this story. And so I just want us to think about that as we go into this week. Maybe God's telling you not to do anything. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying figure out what God wants you to do. Talk to your spouse about it. Figure that out. Talk to God about it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for everything that you've given us. Um, Lord, we need your help. We got a lot we got to do. And... Uh, the way you've kind of made this is that it takes sacrifice, personal sacrifice for ourselves. And we ask that we'd be willing to make that sacrifice for you into reaching others in our community. Just like you've used the sacrifice of people previous to reach us. God, we thank you for loving us and caring about us when you don't have to. And, and we thank you for giving us a, a really a vision beyond our resources here. And we know that you can do anything. Because you've already done so much more here in Tiffin than what we ever expected. God, help us to work hard. Help us to give and be generous. And we ask this in Jesus' name.